Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know the drill. That sound is the unfiltered band, which means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. Here and now, it's an unfiltered live MLB Hot Stove Edition here on a Wednesday afternoon. If you're watching us live on uh, Twitter at Casey Stern, you can get into the bio and jump in and get on the YouTube channel and watch us there or at Believes, B-L-E-A-V. Of course, welcome equally, equal opportunists we are to those of you who are listening, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts, as which this is always available, even if live, uh, live to tape, if you will. Either way, you'll get it and have it. This now 128 episodes deep into Unfiltered and thank you, Unfiltered Band, for being with us. A number of ways to get on board when we are live. You could jump into the chat and chat along with me by just clicking open that board on Twitter and getting in there and giving your comments. You also could do so on YouTube, whether it be my channel or it believes wherever you're watching. Wanted to hop on live today because it's been a busy 24 hours and the hot stove season is uh, already kind of you know gearing up in full force. And that's the fun part about baseball is there really is no downtime. There's no such thing as an off season. And we've seen that take place again here this year. We've seen it the last 24 hours where we've already had a couple of big names, one going elsewhere while staying in the state of California and Tyler Anderson, one staying in New York and Anthony Rizzo. Had a couple accept the qualifying offer, including Martin Perez and Jock Peterson. And then today we had the big trade of Teoscar Hernandez, who's moving on and headed towards Seattle. Eric Swanson and a prospect back the other way. We'll get into that deal. We'll talk about a number of things here on this show. As always, we're very happy to uh, and honored to be presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Basketball is back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. City source for all your sports wagering information. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Simple, just head over to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join. Get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online where the game starts as we get started, not in the hot stove, but uh, hot off the presses on the injury front and the unfortunate news with Bryce Harper in Philadelphia. As it came out today, Dave Dabrowski talking about that it'll be UCL surgery. They're not sure yet till they get a look and get in there, whether or not uh, it will necessitate Tommy John, which remember, it, you know, people freak out is different for a pitcher than it is for an outfielder, especially one like Bryce, who was DHing the last time we saw him for the last couple of months anyway. So you're not looking at throwing arms and things of that nature unless you're worried about his outfield play, which would take longer in terms of if it was Tommy John surgery. But Dave Dombrowski saying they're not going to know really the full extent of the damage or the details as far as the timetable and what to look at how deep into 2023 for Bryce that he'd be out until they get a look and get in and look, see in the elbow and see how bad it is. But tough news for the Philadelphia Phillies for Bryce Harper. 
Yeah, again, you know, we've seen him, you know, rise back to becoming an MVP caliber talent in Philadelphia, winning one, showing all the things you'd ever want uh, in that stretch run that the Phillies made and you know, just how key he was and how clutch he was in the postseason in their run to the World Series, taking it to six games against a team in the Astros that had won 19 games more than they had in the regular season was certainly a much better team than they were. And, you know, the Phillies, to me, are interesting heading into the offseason anyway because Dave Dabrowski doesn't come in and, you know, look, John Middleton, you know, clearly the owner is making sure Dave Dabrowski understands you're going to have the availability in terms of finances to do what needs to get done here because Dave Dabrowski doesn't come in sitting there trying to build franchises and worry about prospects. You know, if you ever wanted a guy who's, you know, prospects are cool, parades are cooler – Forget about me, Dave Dombrowski, and certainly with way better hair, should be the guy who's promoting that because that's what he's all about. So you knew they were going to be aggressive. And I've said this before, and I said it on Twitter this morning. I'll say it again. I don't think there is a better matchup in free agency right now. We'll see what the impact will be based on will the Bryce injury and how long he ends up being out in 2023 end up pushing even more so aggressively on the bats, even though with a guy like a Trey Turner, who I'm going to get to in a second, you're talking about a long-term deal and that's just one season, but, but how much more aggressive will they be now to make sure to shore things up? If they're going to lose Bryce, let's say, you know, heaven forbid for half a season. And again, you know, I'm not trying to speculate. We, we don't know exactly the extent of it just because it's a UCL and their surgery doesn't mean that when they go in there and dig in there that there's going to be as much work that needs to be done for it to necessitate Tommy John. But, you know, if it is, and we're looking at a situation where you got Bryce missing a significant amount of time, certainly, you know, spring training into some portion of the season, how much more aggressive will the Phillies be in what to me is a matchup that is it's, it's, it's a one. I mean, it is, if you're sitting there and we're not talking about steak sauce, if you're looking at, you know, the Chuck Woolery love connection of where you are in free agency in this class, I don't think there is a better matchup if you take away going back to DeGrom going back to New York, Verlander, let's say, going back to Houston, right? Or do you see Anthony Rizzo, who certainly was a great fit back to New York for what he does on and off the field, which we'll get to here in a couple of minutes. You know, if you take kind of like the the new matches and, and where, where you stack them up power rankings, I've said, at least in my own opinion, I don't think there's a better match in the entire free agent class, any position or on the mound than Trey Turner in Philadelphia for a, a host of reasons for what he could do for that team. And for them to not rest on the laurels on a season where they still were just, you know, mid to high 80s and wins, they kind of had to sneak in and were lucky that the Brewers faltered and allowed them to help them do so and take nothing away from their run. But this wasn't, you know, the Mets, for example, in that division, who had a ton of failures down the stretch and congrats to Buck Showalter, manager of the year, rightfully deserved. But they won 101 games. You know, the Phillies didn't have that kind of a season. So if you're trying to, you know, get back to where they were, they got to be way better than they were a year ago. And Trey Turner, to me, is a great fit. But now there's got to be a question as to what kind of impact is this going to have? And do they have to wait to find out in some ways the extent of what this is going to be with the surgery coming up next Wednesday here for Bryce the day before Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, all the best, obviously, to Bryce Harper, who's a guy who's great for this league and the sport and you know, most importantly right now for that city of Philadelphia and that Phillies organization. Uh, the organization in Toronto had a lot of expectations heading into this season. And a lot of what happened to Toronto during the year in terms of, you know, talking to people in that city a lot during the season, folks, you know, there were a lot of disappointment. People say, you know, 
Yeah, even before Bichette got red hot, I mean, people getting on him, he's 24 years old. People getting on a Vlad Guerrero Jr., why isn't he putting up an MVP season? Even though, by the way, he just won a gold glove and congratulations at first base, a place where people said he couldn't play any positions defensively. They had a Manoa scenario where you know, he developed into one of the better front-end young arms in the league, despite the fact, obviously, not having that great performance that he'd be looking for in the postseason. The team had a good year, despite the fact that they didn't have the performance they want in the postseason and, and blew a lead. And certainly, look, look, I, we understand that when you, you take a look at, at where the Jays are and you look at their scenario, uh, you know, this is a team that, the folks that are in Toronto that look at it say, hey, look, we spent a lot of money. The ownership had certainly high aspirations. You don't fire a Charlie Montoya when you're in a, a wild card position at the time and bring in John Schneider if you're not sitting there and saying that's not good enough, right? A la where the Phillies were with Joe Girardi, although they were way worse. And for Toronto, they got to get better. Now, where do they got to get better? Starting pitching's got to be deeper. They got to move Springer out of center field and push him over. The Teoscar deal allows them to start doing that. Now, it's not so easy whether or not they look through trade and they've got some extra catching. You could look to places like St. Louis, for example, uh, and, and among others, and try and go get your young outfielder that way and get somebody cost effective and use prospects or use you know strength in your system behind the plate to do that. There's also the scenario where they can go into free agency and go after the likes of a Brandon Nimmo, who's still available, certainly. And, you know, for the Mets, I think one of the things you like about the Seattle deal is it would seem to say that J-Rod stays in center and then, you know, Teoscar sitting out there in a corner. And if that's the case, then that would be, you know, maybe a spot that, that's off the board for Nimmo. And I said this before the season, if you're looking at Brandon Nimmo and you're trying to power rank where he ends up, I think with the desire for him to be a Met, number one would have been going back to the Mets even with Scott as his agent, you know, even if it's for a higher money, even if there's a bidding war, that that would be, I think that's where he wants to go. He'd been way, way more forthright than Jacob DeGrom has been through all these months about, about his desire to be in New York and play for that team. But that I thought St. Louis and Seattle were the other two spots. I said that here on the show about three weeks ago. Well, now Seattle, the proximity to Wyoming being one of the reasons, the ability to sit there and play him, whether it's in center or left, to add a, an OBP guy at the top of the order. They need more guys who can get on base. They also need a thump, and Teoscar Hernandez is, bit, is a big-time move for them. Yeah, it's only one year of control. That's why you're only getting, you know, if you're Toronto, Eric Swanson and the number eight prospect in their system, and I don't know much about him, doesn't mean he can't be great. But you're not getting more of a net gain in that deal coming your way because it's only one year at 14 whatever million dollars. So now how do the Jays on their end use that money is something to watch. And then on the Seattle side, you know, to me, it puts them a year out with another bat in the order. I don't think I need to tell anybody who doesn't figure this out but Shohei Otani sitting there as a free agent in a year. I don't know how many teams you'd look at that actually would fit into the mix for a guy who wanted to be on the West Coast anyway, and you know as a star, the only places you look at to me are Los Angeles with the Dodgers, Seattle with the Mariners, and the two New York teams. I would be absolutely floored a year away if we don't see at the beginning of the 2024 season opening day, I'd take these four over the field that Otani's going to be opening day in a Dodger, Yankee, Met, or Mariner uniform. But that's the way I look at it. That's simple. Take the other 26 and put them on the other side and bet on the four. Because that's where he's going to be. So Seattle going to be in that mix for sure. Right? So, you know, 
this for a year helps them. And they're thinking about long-term what the Mariners have built in that rotation with all that youth and what they built now with Julio Rodriguez. And they were in on trying to get Juan Soto, who by the way, may turn around, be available now two years from now and still be a factor for them. But they're trying to build a team that can be a consistent winner because to get to where Houston is, you got to get to where their organization is. And that organization, regardless of by hook or by crook or, you know, by doing things crooks do in the cheating, regardless of what had happened in the past, the Astros six consecutive years in an LCS, they're at the top of this division and you got to go chase them down. You want to get to that level. You're going to have to win consistently every year. Tasker Hernandez is not a long-term play, but in the short term, that's going to really significantly help the middle of that order. You know, we know that Winker is going to be on the move. It'll be interesting to see what happens with him. You know, we've heard about, you know, Flexen, Marco Gonzalez, and others being available because those front-end arms, when you look at the Gilberts and the Kirbys, and certainly still got Robbie Ray, they've got a lot of names that are in the front there. But Seattle is an interesting team. They are not resting on laurels. They're not sitting there saying, oh, well, thankfully we got in. And I talked about this yesterday in episode 126 with Mark Feinstein. And if you missed it, go back and get it, Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And I was talking to him about this. There is now I said pressure and, you know, look, he's probably right. He said not pressure, but desire, maybe a little bit of both. Right. Maybe both right on that. But there's a pressure and a desire right now for teams like Seattle, teams like the Baltimore Orioles, teams that got in that that told a positive statement this year to say, this isn't it. This is what we're here for. We're trying to win at a high level. Well, now you got to push. Well, Seattle push it. That's a great move for them getting Teoscar Hernandez. This is a dude who can hit 25 homers for you. He's going to drive in some runs. He's going to have some big moments. He gives them some thump and some protection for, for uh, Julio there in that lineup. And, and I love I love the move. I do. On the other side for Toronto, it, you know, look, this is what happens in an offseason. Offseason is puzzle making. It's chess play. It's not one move with a pawn, not one move with your rook. It's then that three moves down the row. Well, what are they going to do in my division? Then what am I going to do? And then where's this guy going to go? So if they go now use that money that they just saved and they put it into a starting pitcher, which they need, uh, whether it's they bring back a stripling or they go elsewhere and aim higher. And you know, certainly when you, you kind of don't know what you're getting out of Barrios, you know, you want but behind your big top two, another guy in there and, and look at the money that they just saved, $13, $14 million. Look at the cost to play Tyler Anderson making $13 million a year. Right. As an example, in that second tier of pitchers. But if they were to aim higher and get greedy and go after Carlos Rodon, you know, it's still going to help them in terms of some of the money that they save. But now they have a situation where you've got that open spot to move Springer and get him over there in a the corner outfield. And now what are you going to do in center? They've got some decisions to make. But Swanson going to help their bullpen had a good year last year. He's a guy who, as long as he builds off of that at a sub two ERA, could be a good arm for them. The prospect will wait and see, as you know, my thoughts on prospects. So that's Toronto. Teoscar, you want to jump in chat live or get to me on Twitter, you can get in uh, at Casey Stern and give your thoughts, whether it's uh, live here, which I can react to as we're on the air, or if not, obviously, I can do it delayed anytime that you want uh, at Casey Stern or in the DMs or on the YouTube channel as well. But that that's Teoscar right there. Let's go to Tyler Anderson. Three years, 39 million. Look, this is the Angels. I've been on the Angels for I don't even know how many years for like a team that forgot that you need pitching. I talked about just a couple of days ago for different reasons in one of the recent pods that I did, the situation they went through with Garrett Cole, where they didn't want to give Garrett Cole the extra years. They were willing to go seven or maybe it was eight, but they weren't willing to go nine. And then they got into a spot where there was nobody else available that they felt could give them some, some real impact at the front of their rotation. 
they weren't able or didn't want to with the Adels of the world and others to pull off a trade to try and do it. So they went and got Tony two bags, Anthony Rendon, who I love, but they paid him all this money and he can't pitch. So it doesn't help them. And they've made going back to the prior years. And we're talking about the interesting thing about the angels is the one constant Artie Moreno through all this. Right. And I go back to, and I've talked about this for many, many years when I was on Sirius XM talked about this ad nauseum every single season. You go back to pre Josh Hamilton, post Josh Hamilton, something happened after Josh Hamilton with Artie Moreno, because I remember going there in spring training and our angel fans remember what year this is. I, I don't, I could tell you the particulars though, for sure. Cause I remember them. I remember being on our spring training tour, and ironically, we talked about full circle in different ways. A guy who's been on this show and a, and a friend of mine, Joni Mack, was, was in at the time filling in for me in the afternoons, and I was on as a guest of Inside Pitch on the road. I remember it vividly, and I remember sitting there. The Angels had just won the division. I said the Angels are going to be a fourth-place team, and I can't remember who he was with, but both of the guys thought I was nuts. They thought maybe I didn't get enough sleep or was out at the bars in Scottsdale too much the night before, which I might have been, but I wasn't crazy. Because I'm walking in and I'm looking at the team and I'm like, they're making depth moves instead of money moves. You got the pocket and they're not they're not spending. They're not digging in because they got gun shy and trigger shy because of what happened with the Josh Hamilton situation with that seventy five million dollars. Now, look, it's a lot of money, but you're already Moreno. I mean, like to some of us, that's like losing twenty dollars. I mean, no, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of money, but not to that guy. He got money. Are you kidding me? But it was Daniel Nava and Craig Gentry who were in left field instead of Cespedes and Upton and other guys. Look, some of these didn't work out. But some of the guys who that year were free agents and available, who they could have gotten to you go add some thumping, they were making those kind of decisions. Remember, after they won 98 games, one of the first moves the Angels made, which is just obscene, you want to talk about you, you make winning decisions. You want to go to the opposite of winning decisions. You want to talk about losing decisions, right? You want to go to losing decisions. Well, how about the fact that they go to win 98 games. The Angels, like Howie Kendrick was gone within like two weeks to the Marlins, remember? And then David Freeze, they were like, no, we don't want him back. And, and he ends up having amazing success in a couple of runs for that other team that's in really Los Angeles, not down the five freeway and all the traffic. They, they made losing decisions. But on the pitching side, the Angels have always made losing decisions with all these different GMs with the one common denominator being Artie Moreno. I give you Trevor Cahill. I give you $9 million a year for Julio Tehran. I give you, you know, 20, was it, for two years or something like that for Matt Harvey. This isn't that. I like this move with Anderson. I do. Now, look, Tyler Anderson, a pitch-to-contact guy who reworked things with that changeup, and it was able to find that different gear. He'll be thankful for the Dodgers for that for, for the rest of, of time because he went from a guy who at one time was like, you know, not even a rotation dude in this league, certainly not for a winner, and now he's being brought on for a three-year deal to a team that needs pitching behind Otani in that rotation. But for the Angels, to get Anderson, what I love about it is determine the money. I mean, look, we're talking about a mid-30s guy, but he doesn't pitch with high velocity. He doesn't have the kind of mechanics where you're worried. There's not a volatility to him. And he got three years at $39 million. That's not a lot of money. In this marketplace, people, you go back a few years ago and you're seeing deals for guys that, that are like three at 39. I remember, I, I don't know why this name's popping, like the Kyle Loesch and John Neese. There are guys years ago getting that kind of money on these kind of terms, not coming off years like Tyler Anderson did. And by the way, in the postseason, even though I'm sitting there like everybody else saying, I don't know how this plays in October. You can't be pitched to contact, dude. 86 pitches. Yeah, you know, he said he could have gone five more innings. That's a little ridiculous. But either 86 pitches and was great. Ain't that the reason they went home? This is a good move for the Angels. This is not overpaying 
for a guy that they're gambling on to now go to them and resurge, right? They're paying a guy who just had a resurgence. There's believability in terms of why that it's not luck and the way he's changed, especially with that change up, right? And they're bringing in a guy that you you feel like is going to give you innings, is going to give you some stability. The one thing the Angels have not had in their rotation or in the back end of the bullpen for years, certainly not both people, is stability. The Angels are the opposite. They're as unstable as they're George Costanza level unstable in their pitching rotation and in their bullpen over the years. I like this move for the stability. I like this move for the money they paid, which was not exorbitant. I think they did a good job here in Tyler Anderson going back and now staying in L.A., down the five freeway going three for 39 to the Angels. I'm pitching. Jay gets in here on the chat and says, uh, DeGrom and Verlander to the Mets. I, I don't think Bolt is going to happen. I can pretty much guarantee you that Bolt isn't going to happen because it's not going to make sense for Bolt to happen. Now, I will say that one of the interesting things, and I talked about this, and you could jump on board in the free agent carousel, which I did for years over at XM, kind of hitting all the different positions. I've been doing it here. We've already done shortstop, and I did a starting pitching episode, which you can get Apple, Spotify, podcasts, or on my YouTube, which if you're watching here on Twitter, just go into the bio and click on the channel, and you'll be able to see it there as well if you want to watch it. But I did it yesterday, talking about all the starting pitchers are available, and I said this, and I'll go, Jay, for your purposes for the chat, and the question, back into it here for a minute, the, the Mets are in a situation with Jacob deGrom that is as simple to me as follows. They will be willing to give Jacob deGrom that high AAV he wants to break the record that they set with Scherzer for three years, in my opinion. Jacob deGrom is going to want more than that. Guys who are at his level, want more. they don't sign three-year deals. No offense, Tyler Anderson, right? They just don't. Doesn't matter the age. Doesn't matter the, the insecurity that you're related to, you know, what the injury-prone nature, and all that's real, and all of it should be there. I mean, it is, it's real, and it's not spectacular, to go back to Seinfeld, okay? But if you're sitting there and you're looking at this from a, sp- a perspective of DeGrom, are you going to then take four years from Texas, where I love Bruce Bochy as much as anybody. I think they'll turn things around. But you may be in year three of a four-year deal where I don't think you're getting anything out of that fourth year. And then finally getting a chance to be in the playoffs where you're in New York with Max Scherzer. They're going to rebuild some of the pieces and the holes. They've already brought back Diaz. You know, things could get better, certainly. You know, you didn't have Marte healthy at the end of the year. You're going to have the development of Alvarez to watch. You know, obviously, Steve Cohen's going to be greedy and certainly should be with the money that he's playing out there within the market. Do you want to give that all up for that fourth year? Now, it's a lot of money. I mean, granted, we're talking about probably for DeGrom, $45 million. So I get it. But how does that play out? And if you're the Mets on the other side, the the pride-stricken aspect of it is we don't want to give DeGrom a fourth year. We don't think he's going to net anything in the fourth year, and he probably won't. But did anybody think Scherzer would net anything in the last year he got? Anybody think Garrett Cole's netting anything in years eight or nine of the deal that he got? I mean, ironically, I always say this, but, you know, one of the only deals where it's like, wow, it was long term and you got best at the end of that you got at the beginning was the Messina deal for seven years in which not just wins, but he did win 20 games, I think, in the seventh year of that contract. That doesn't happen with longer term deals. Now, when you're looking at the age of a guy like DeGrom, you're not wanting to give out four years. But if you're the Mets, you don't want to give years four or five to Diaz. I love Edwin Diaz. They needed to bring him back. It had to get done. That's 20 million a pop. In year four and five, their closer is not going to earn $20 million a pop in their performance in years one and two of that deal. Now, you figure Diaz probably will. 
as long as it's not an injury or something that gets in the way. And, you know, that is case sera, sera, right? Who knows? But in year four and five, you're not getting jack in that deal. And you know that, but you do it anyway. So if that's the process and you're saying, hey, we got a Scherzer who's aging. You know, we really got to push forward in these three years, right? Of uh, uh, Diaz, we'll worry about four and five later. Got to push in these three years. Then maybe you give DeGrom the fourth year and you say, we got to push in those three years. Now, yeah, that means four years from now, you got terrible contracts. You may be a bad team. But if you win a World Series in the next three as a fan, do you care? You may not. You may not. And then the money you make when you continue to get to the playoffs, then it continues to you know expound and, and exponentially get better that you can then put back into your system and into into your free agency and your finances. So look, they got a choice to make. As far as the Verlander situation, clearly, if he does not go back to Houston, look, uh, you know who knows. But I would say this, you know, as as strongly as you could feel about something, Verlander is going to play in Houston. He's going to play for the Dodgers, or he's going to play for the Mets, and that's it. He's most likely going to play for Houston. He's most likely going to run it back. He's most likely, if they give him the two years and the 85 or whatever the AAV that he's looking for, going to do that. But now you've got a DeGrom scenario. Now, at 40 years old, it would be crazy to give Verlander a three-year deal. But is there a team that gives a three-year deal, like a Texas or somebody in the outskirts, the Cubs, whoever, right? Of, of, and I'm just throwing names out there. Outskirts of where we just were, right? The Red Sox, you know, who knows? Is there going to be a team that's going to do that? And it, for Justin Verlander, is it, you know, I hate to say, is it that important? It's 45, again, 40, 45 million dollars, right? It's a lot of money. But how important is that? Because the Astros aren't going to give him a three-year offer. They're not going to feel like they have to. Dude, you're walking right back in. We're going to give you the AV you want. I'm sure they will. And offer him a two for 80, two for 85 kind of a deal, which I think is what you're looking at. Maybe you've got some incentives that are in there to make it more. Maybe you've got some option for a third based on if somehow he's way better in the second year. You know, if he wins a Cy Young in the second year, who knows what, right? Where, where hey, if it's, if it's that great, we'll take you at age 43 for whatever the money is. I mean, who knows? But he's going to get like a two-year deal. The Mets aren't giving Verlander three years. They'll give him two at that money. Now, they may bump up the AAV to try and do it if they lose to Grom, but the musical chairs of it, again, going back, and I'll show it again to Jay's question, the musical chairs of it is where all of that, Jay, becomes so interesting to watch in the starting pitching side. But we know this about Tyler Anderson, three years, 39, to the Angels. It's hard saying Los Angeles because I've lived in L.A., and that's not Los Angeles. Back in New York, Anthony Rizzo, two years with that option or what could be a buyout for what, $6 million. Uh, This had to happen. You know, Houston, among others, named in, you know, the, the group of teams. And to me, it would have been a large group. San Diego would have been in that mix for sure. There are a number of teams where Anthony Rizzo could really be a factor. Uh, a real Look, I know the left-handers that they've got in Philadelphia, but you saw how bad first base was, and he's a guy who you know did some special things with Schwarber as a teammate in Chicago. I think Philadelphia could have you know maybe stepped up and been a, guy, a team. Now it looks like, though, with the Harper injury, you may be back in that same situation with Philly where you got to play Hoskins in the field or move him or do something with him because Harper may come back and be a DH for a long period of time now, especially with the elbow issue. Right when he first comes back, not going to be throwing anywhere anytime soon in the outfield. But for me, this is a move that had to happen. Rizzo, the impact that he has on the field, uh, defensively at the plate for a team that certainly sorely missed DJ LeMayu and the the high level DJ LeMayu, which they didn't get that last year when he was healthy. They didn't. They sorely missed Ben Attendee, who was starting to show all the things that he could add to the Yankees. And I think that'll be a guy they still heavily look at at left field. They've already looked at Nimmo. There's a reason why they're looking at these guys. And the Yankees will be in on Nimmo, too, because the Yankees are going to try and add 
some dudes that can get on base so that you don't have to lead off Aaron Judge. You know, one of the reasons I had to do that is because the no protection him in the order, and there's really they're nowhere where you know you're looking at danger outside of Aaron. They need guys who can who can you know put pressure on the pitchers in terms of the at bats. And Anthony Rizzo, one of the only other guys who was doing that, really when he was healthy all year last year, every time that he was. And I think it's huge for them to have him back. It's a fair deal. Rizzo wanted to be in New York. And then the outside part of it, the part that's like you know, the extra you know special sauce or icing on the cake or the cherry, what have you, is the fact that he's really close with Aaron Judge. Now, does that mean Aaron Judge definitely going to come back? No. Do you sit there and think to yourself, well, geez, you know, Anthony Rizzo doesn't want to be a Yankee without Aaron Judge. Forget that they're friends. He doesn't want to sign with the Yankees if, if they're in, you know, I'm playing out conspiracy theories with you here. I watch too much of the ID channel. But this is this is what I'm going to do, all right? Think about this way. Anthony Rizzo jumped. He didn't have to. Once you don't accept the qualifying offer, Anthony Rizzo could have sat out there and, you know, sat there and done the speed dating or the slow process of the dating and, you know, swipe right or left on Houston and whatever other teams, San Diego, Philly. Those are just name a few that I think would have been in on it. Right. And figure out what they want to do in Rizzo's camp and then wait to see what Aaron Judge does. The Yankees would have still taken him. They weren't going to say no. But for Rizzo to jump, and I know he enjoyed being a Yankee, for him to jump on a multi-year deal after not accepting the qualifying offer, that he knows he's going to get somewhere else as quickly as he did, yes, I think it's fair to say that he got a good feeling from Aaron Judge that Judge wants to be back in New York. Now, does that guarantee it's going to happen? No. Did Aaron Judge you know, say, you know, here, I was assigned with you in blood. If you sign, I'm, I'll definitely be there? No, I doubt that. But I do think it is fair to say a lot of people were t tweeting about Rizzo and the relationship, and it'll help Judge, and not tweeting about the part to me, which makes much more sense and is way more powerful for a Yankee fan. He not jumping to do this if he doesn't think Aaron Judge is going to be with him on the team. Absolutely. I think you can connect those dots. We'll continue to connect all the dots in the hot stove season. I'll be with you live. We'll be with you on tape. We'll be with you in podcasts. I've had about two episodes out a day. We're hitting all the different positions. So there's a lot of ways to get to it. If you're on Twitter at Casey Stern, jump in the bio, hop on YouTube, get on the channel, watch all the different videos and all the episodes. We've got some special bonus stuff there as well. Uh, you can get into all the life pods. For those of you who uh, know me and, and understand, you know, what's important to me, uh, very much to me, humans and mental health and all that stuff, way more so in family, more so than sports. I've done a life pod series now with 10 parts that are uh, pretty important to me and special. There have been some great conversations with a lot of you who have you know, watched that and sharing his stories. And I'm so appreciative of that. Please keep doing so. And you can get those not only on the YouTube channel, not only here at Twitter at Casey Stern, but also Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Because we are unfiltered and as always unfiltered is presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.